Welcome back to One Street Over. Uh, it's Bryce here with Mike. Hello. And our newest guest, Andrew. Howdy. So, Andrew is a new friend of ours, and he heard that we had a podcast, and within two days was like, dude, I want to be on your podcast. Big fan. He's like, yeah, I was going to say, and within two days, he's like our biggest fan as well. <laughs> I actually want to be honest, I think it was within 10 minutes. I want to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I walked into what we call TSG, and Andrew's like, playing it out loud for the whole group <laughs> it was like dude i don't want to hear myself talk <laughs> yeah i'm really impressed oh. it's surreal hearing yourself being listened to by your friends you're like oh but yeah um you're also on the worship team at our church which is kind of how i met you uh you're a pianist but why don't we'll just let you introduce yourself and kind of tell us what you do and where you're from and stuff okay so i'm andrew i am uh originally from new york but i moved out here three years ago so I'm a medical student. I'm a third year medical student now, and I am currently just rotating in the hospital. Um, for the next Get year. a little closer to your microphone. <laughs> rotating the hospital for the next year and a half. Awesome. Ladies, listen up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which hot, you're here in Peoria for a year and a half? Yeah, I'm at Methodist mostly. And then what? And then residency. Then I apply. Here or are you probably going to move? Wherever. It's a... It's a tough question right now. <laughs> Thinking about other things. My little cousin just texted me that her send this to 15 friends and make a wish didn't work. Oh, no. <laughs> Poor kid. <laughs> How old is she? Nine. Okay. Aww. That's tragic. Anyway, thought that was funny. Um, yeah, so Mike had a couple questions about New York. Yeah. So I've only been there once. Huh? And uh, I think I was actually near where you're from. Yeah. I think I told you I came. I went to the Addy Rondacks for like a week. <laughs> Addy Rondacks. <laughs> Addy. <laughs> you could say that, but uh, you'd be wrong. When when I think of New York, I just think everyone lives in an apartment building, and like everyone's angry and unhappy. So I just want to know if that's true. <laughs> Upstate New York was super green, so and actually pretty rural. Yeah. I, I'm from Albany, and then I've lived more in the rural parts of New York, so upstate New York. I'd say if you're in the city, yeah, most people do live in apartments, <laughs> but you know, in the country, it's kind of like out here, except more mountains. Oh, okay. But like, and not everyone's angry. How big are the towns? <laughs> okay. Big the towns? I mean, how big is Albany? Albany, ah, it's like two hundred thousand, maybe. Okay. Does but, it feel bigger than Peoria? Yes, it also has a huge metropolitan area. So there's a lot of people in the surrounding area. It's, so. Oh, okay. Is there was there a lot of stuff to do, or did you feel like, oh man, there's nothing to do in this? It's city? A lot to do. Oh, okay. in the the city, or in, in your town? Yeah, I mean, winter you can go. <laughs> to me, it's a city. <laughs> go hiking, skiing, ice skating, um, a lot of good ice fishing, and then you can in the summer, all the cool stuff you do outside that you can do here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's still pretty warm there, right? In the summers. Yeah, it's I'd say like a, a cool summer and then a cold winter, but it I'd say like it would be in the nineties at max. It wouldn't really be over hundred a lot. Okay. Yeah, here it gets just humid. Is it yeah. humid there? Not so much where I was. Yeah. How'd you like it this year? How'd you like the weather <laughs> the this humidity, year? Humidity, yeah. Oh no, man. <laughs> Didn't like it at all. <laughs> it hasn't even snowed yet. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So, piano. Um, When did you start playing piano? So, I started playing, oh man, I can't tell the exact age, maybe around six. Um, It's been a journey. But you weren't in band in school, right? No. So I made fun of those kids. Self-taught or? No, no, I I took lessons. Was that because your oldest sibling did or? No, just my my mom's like, hey, you're taking piano lessons and, and that's how I did it. Um, it was definitely a rough ride though. I wanted to quit so many times, <laughs> um, but did you like get yelled at for not practicing? Uh, not as much as you would think. So oh. my mom was a little more laid back about it. <laughs> I think I got yelled at more by my teacher. I'd say, yeah. Oh yeah. I feel like parents aren't really, what did your mom play an instrument? Yeah. She plays piano oh. and clarinet. Cause my parents never played an instrument and it was they were never like pushing me. The to expectations practice. were low. <laughs> it was just like, if you want to keep doing this, you can. Otherwise, yeah. yeah, it was it was a mixture of both for me. 
Uh, fun fact, I have a memoir online I published in a... A memoir? So, yeah, it's called The Piano. <laughs> so if you type in my name and The Piano, it'll come up. And I, it was some college journal it was put in. When The Pianist came out, were you like, oh, they stole my idea? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> it's pretty corny. I was reading it recently and I'm like, wow. Anyways. It's probably like our autobiographies we wrote in seventh grade. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like that. It's like two pages, but... Two pages and you published it? <laughs> it was just like a little journal. <laughs> I took piano lessons for like three months and I wouldn't practice. And I would say, I say she yelled at me, but she was just like, you didn't practice, did you? And I was like, I'm sorry. And I yeah. just like quit. Dude, like, <laughs> they always know. I, yeah, it'd be like that. I'd show up for practice. And I'm like, maybe she won't know. And then no, they know. I feel like you did that for golf too. <laughs> I did that for everything. It just, I got away with it with drums. So that's why I continued to be a drummer. <laughs> wow. <laughs> interesting ladies like ladies like drummers huh ladies like drummers um so i'm told you feel like you still do that with drums because i mean you still play a lot well the thing with drums now is that um it's like improv so it's like i listen to music but i don't like play on my own time but i mean i play at church so like i just play enough that i can remember how to use drumsticks (laughs) (laughs) but like I, i can't do anything special like i just know the basics and I, I like i know enough to get by I, i'm not gonna be able to do anything fancy but you don't have to when you play worship music so you just have to be able to keep time and know when the transitions are coming which you learn by listening to the songs more than you do like by practicing mm-hmm. rudiments on the drum set so the last thing about piano i have asked andrew to possibly compose a little intro for oh, yeah. the podcast <laughs> so hopefully Probably not by the time this releases, but hopefully in our upcoming podcast, there'll be a specific one street over intro that you guys can listen to. <laughs> yeah, I've been cooking some stuff up in the kitchen. We'll see. How many pianos do you have at home? Uh, one in the kitchen, apparently. Four? <laughs> four? <laughs> but one is like a real piano, and then two of them are higher-end digitals, and then one's just like a very low-quality digital piano. So... That's, nice. what you, that's what you need, Brad. It says more pianos because you bought one keyboard and you're like, yes, I'm going to be a piano player. I, yeah. How's that no, going? I, I haven't played it since April. <laughs> it's hard to learn new skills when you're older. Well, there's just, I guess I'm appreciating more like how much time little kids have <laughs> how much brain things. space and or like you know you do your homework and it feels like forever but it's like 40 minutes and then like kids can just do things for 40 minutes and it feels like two hours and then they just because they have so little space that's being used in their head <laughs> so little responsibility in life it's they don't think like oh i need to go to the grocery store or what am i going to do for dinner because i have no food in the fridge <laughs> so they just get to practice and practice and practice i wish i had that i'd say had to practice and practice <laughs> it was never a get to for me every time now i'm like i could practice i'm like i don't want to i just want to sit on the couch yeah and watch tv <laughs> it's a glorified hobby for me glorified hobby piano yeah good enough to play in front of two thousand people apparently is that how many go to our church 2000 the auditorium seats like 950 oh dang oh (laughs) (laughs) i used to just add that like i would multiply that by two and say that's how many people i played in front of (laughs) i mean i guess you could say like weekly attendance might be that high if you include kids yeah like children's church but we don't play for children I play for all ages. <laughs> um, so you're going to be a doctor. Yeah, scary. What made you scary for that? you or scary for us? <laughs> uh, both. <laughs> um, that's a tough question. That's like the classic interview question that every. Well, so I know your parents are both doctors. Yes. So obviously that was an influence. Yeah, I think it it brought together the stuff I liked about. What, you know, what I was studying in school and my interactions with people, the idea of learning a complex field where there's a lot of innovation still to come, uh, a lot of treatment, you know, you can treat others and improve their state of health and then you get to interact with people 
in a way that they trust you and they know that you're going to take care of them. It's kind of a good experience and a very powerful one. And I also think that's what God has called me into. That's the first and foremost, but yeah, I mean that article that you sent me said, if you want to be a good doctor, you have to be smart and intelligent, but you also have to be good with people. Definitely. And if you're just smart, you're probably not going to be a good doctor. And there's a interview process you have to go through to make sure that you can talk to people and they're not crazy. So they don't just look at numbers, right? They have to talk to you and see um, references and all that stuff. But there's still somehow people that get through that process and are uh, shouldn't be in medical school, <laughs> I should say. <laughs> do you have to do that before med school or yeah, during med school? During the application process. Did you have to take a class on how to like address people that they're gonna die um that's some honestly we we had some i wasn't paying attention during those lectures because they weren't gonna be on the test <laughs> but i'd say from my experience being clear what's going on because you leave the room and people still have a ton of questions and you want to give them the most clear um picture of what's going on possible and then give them space to think about it and talk about it you, all, you want to offer, like, oh, if you guys have anything else you want to talk about, I'm here. But you also want to offer them space, um, especially if they're with loved ones. But I haven't had to say that to anybody. <laughs> Thank goodness. But Yet. Yeah, yet. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I feel like you're in a pretty unique situation where you're not a doctor yet, but you're out of college, and yet you're in med school. Dude, it's so awkward. And so... Being a, a med student in the hospital is such an awkward time. <laughs> So, like, you've gone through all the undergrad stuff, yep. like biology, chemistry. So, what what, what what, do you, like, do for learning right now? Just so, following around doctors or reading or... Yeah. So, it's basically, we call it rotation. You don't have courses, right? I've had some courses on the side. They're online courses I've completed. But our the mainstay of third and fourth year is we call rotations, clinical rotations. You basically are glorified shadower of doctors so whatever the doctor wants you to do you'll do like go see patients type up notes um get histories all that stuff you'll do that but it's up to the the doctor and if sometimes they don't want you doing anything and so you're just like watching everything from over the shoulder um, for example you go to surgery the doctor can have you helping with the surgeries or they can have you just kind of sitting in the corner watching it's hit or miss but the i the main point of third and fourth year is getting that clinical experience and trying to figure out what you want to do so do you follow a different doctor each semester so every month we have new rotations so oh, i follow, every month. follow different doctors every month is this like a normal job hours or yeah oh it depends so i just was doing 10 hour uh a day rotation and then i've had ones where it's been like five or six hours and maybe a day off during the week <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> What's been your like hardest rotation? I'd say the one I just got done it's called FMS, Family Med Service. It's basically inpatient rotation. So you're taking care of hospitalized patients, which is very intimidating. Um, I was expected to do a lot more, to know a lot more, and to come up with plans for the patients, type up all their notes, discharge summaries, all this hospital stuff. And I was like, fish out of water. <laughs> it was <laughs> bad. First week. So you don't want to discharge patients, so you'd probably rather be like an outpatient doctor or like surgery? Yeah, oh, definitely outpatient. Surgery, no. Not surgery? <laughs> okay. No? No. <laughs> you don't like cutting people up? I don't mind cutting people. <laughs> it's, it's like being on call a lot too, right? Yeah, I mean, a lot. Of, every specialty can have call. Well, not every specialty, but most do. It's not like, oh, you're a surgeon, you have call. Surgeons will definitely have call, but um, they just have rougher hours the residency is pretty intense um a lot more is expected of you yeah i feel like i still don't understand you haven't started residency yet right no sir <laughs> that's so in four that's years in a year and a half yes four years okay. of med school fourth year you start applying to residencies residency is you're a doctor after your fourth year right you get your degree but you can't practice because you aren't certified in a field to practice so you need to become certified in a field so you have to go through residency in that field so it's three to five years or three to six i don't know the exact depending on what you do is that specific by state no. like certifications or it's specific or by is it like nationwide you can go anywhere 
you can go anywhere. Um, it's in the year that the timeline is specific by specialty you choose or field. So family med will take three years and something like general surge will take five years. Wow. <laughs> it's a lot of time, man. You got four years undergrad, four years med school, and then three to however many years of residency. And then you get your first big paycheck. <laughs> <laughs> what, what would you say that the purpose of med school is is it just because like you're just learning right yeah but then i feel like you still a lot of doctors learn on the job mm-hmm. because almost every time i've gone to see a doctor they say <laughs> i've never seen this before <laughs> and it's like how have you not you're a doctor we may have and, seen pictures or learned about it at some point in the past but yeah you're right about that and so I, I think it's more of, it's just really hard for one person to see a lot of different cases. Mm-hmm. And, but my point is like, why not be a doctor? Why not be short in med school, be a doctor earlier because like reduce this financial burden on doctors because they're just going to be constantly learning after anyway. Mm-hmm. So I do see. you feel like med school is kind of a weed out for people who can't last that four years? So I'd say med school is like, not have you seen anyone Have you seen anyone drop out? Yes, I have. The, so the weed out is the uh, applying to med school. They'll weed you out based off of just the all the, the process you have to go through is pretty intense to apply, the grades you have to get, all those things you have to do, the experiences you should have. That's the weed out process. When you're in med school, that med school is investing in you. <laughs> so if you fail, they're out on how you know, multiply over your tuition was by four. They're out that much money. So they don't want that to happen. Now, there is so much to learn in the medical field that I see what you're saying, but it'd be very scary if you're, um, you know, you're, you only have two years of med school and then you're expected to go out there and be a doctor, you know, as there's a lot more to learn before you have that responsibility. Yeah. And you don't want to be like sued. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude, we talk about it all the time. <laughs> As med students? Yeah. (laughs) What's going to get you, man? (laughs) What's going to get you? Is it going to be the wrong leg you cut off? (laughs) That's why I became a nurse. Because you just sign every note by Dr. So-and-so said I could do this. Pass it on. (laughs) As a med student, too, I'm walking a thin line. I'm like, I know I can get in trouble for a lot of stuff. So hopefully uh, I'm not the reason why my program looks really bad. (laughs) For getting in trouble. (laughs) Um do you is it true that like uh in med school you're taught like all the rare and like obscure things because like they're more difficult to understand and those are the things that are on the test so then like when you start practicing you start your residency you're like oh i think he has this like rare thing and it's like no he just has like (laughs) something common yeah what does that mean (laughs) so there's a saying when you hear hoof hoof beats uh, think horses, not zebras. So zebras being rare, horses being common. And so as a med student, when you're out in the, you know, learning third and fourth years, when you when you hear something that sounds like um, a disease you're familiar with, don't think of the rare yeah. cases, right? Think of the things that are common first. So you're right. Yeah, we we learn that. We, that's a big joke in med school. Like, why are they teaching this stuff? You know, like no one does this in their in the practice. No one sees this in their practice. It's more of just a board. Um, questions topic so we do have to put that aside as we get under rotations like okay it's not this rare disorder injury it's most likely just this <laughs> the simple way of putting it so there is definitely that fight in a med student's mind <laughs> yeah you know zebra horse <laughs> which one <laughs> that's kind of like that in nursing school too because there's just so many different things to learn about yeah like and i think the idea is the horses that stuff will come to you. That stuff's pretty straightforward. The zebras, that's complex. Now, if you're going to spend time learning it, you should do it when you're studying in the class, have more time. That's when you should learn it, especially since you won't see it when you're practicing. So mm-hmm. you're not going to have an opportunity to really learn it if you're relying on seeing it by experience only. So you'll, you'll get the horses down when you're out there rotating, but the zebras, you got to get down before. That's why I hated um, clinicals because when we had to do paperwork for clinicals, we would have to write down like all the patients labs and all of their like comorbidities like their past medical problems and explain like what those things could cause or how those things could be relating to their current thing and it's like literally he just has high blood pressure and he's in the hospital because like 
I don't know. too many donuts. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's so funny. So, okay, now it's sad. We'll have diabetic patients, right? And then we'll go into the room and we'll see someone brought them a Coke or some sugar snack. And we're just like, how the heck did they get that? <laughs> they're on like a diabetic uh, meal plan and yeah. they're getting Coke and like Reese's. <laughs> Who's getting them this stuff? Yep. Like, oh, a friend brought it to me. I'm like, you're about to lose your foot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <And> you're still- <laughs> yeah, it would be like they're in the hospital because like their kidneys failing yeah. because they have high blood sugar because they're diabetic and didn't take their insulin. And then in the, uh, but the, the our nursing instructors would be like, well, what about their like, I don't know, what's another like, <laughs> like why is their BUN high? It's like because because their kidneys failing. Could be. And it's like well, it could be because they have like a genetic thing or like their or their blood <laughs> pressure i don't know it was like they would just like try to get you to like reroute everything so complexly it's like there's just a simple answer to this like why are we making this so complicated but that one time there isn't and your patient goes off the deep end or dies which is why our paperwork was like 30 pages yeah to take care of one patient and you're like i know why they're here why do i have to write about every possible thing that is a ridiculous side of medicine is the amount of documentation we have to do which is Good, because it documents your thought process and covers your butt for what you did, but heck, there's a lot. There's a lot in engineering, too. Oh, and, yeah? Uh, it gets avoided a lot of times. <laughs> it's like, oh, this is a one-off. Nobody's ever going to see this again, so we'll just, <laughs> we just won't document it. Until that like, bridge collapses and people come back for you. I, we're not civil engineers. <laughs> None of my... I can't, are get, you rowdy I can't engineers? get sued for my work. <laughs> so <laughs> It just has to be like audited. Once in a while, okay, <laughs> by people we get we get audited too. <laughs> I don't know who does it, but it's always like, "Hey, we're gonna be audited, so you better do this." It's like this hasn't happened yet. Yeah, so. no. Hopefully, no one audits me anytime soon, or my life. Um, I feel like that was a pretty good overview of like your time in med school. Kind of. Um, There's a lot more to it, but yeah. So. <laughs> We want to do this segment where there's a bunch of hardcore medical terms, and we're going to ask... Well, I'll ask Andrew and Mike. Yeah, Mike. I'll say the term, me. and then we'll see who's smarter, the doctor or the nurse. Oh, man. <laughs> but Wait, first... We, is there like a button we have to hit the answer? <laughs> you, can just, a buzzer. you can just say it. But first, a message from our sponsor. <laughs> we'll be right back. Welcome back, guys. Are you ready to play? I am. Hello. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why you said welcome back and I was like, oh, we're starting over. <laughs> I mean, you guys didn't study, right? No, no cheating. Uh, I went to school. No comment. Uh, okay. First word. Prosopagnosia. What? <laughs> Prosopagnosia. Prosopagnosia. P-R-O-S-O. Pagnosia. Oh, I think I... I don't know I think this. I might... No. Agnosia, it means you're not acknowledging. Mm-hmm. So maybe you don't... It's probably... Uh, you can't so see that, like half of your visual, vision field or something. Your brain doesn't acknowledge half the vision field due to some... Mm, it's oh, a bit more is it colorblind? No. Oh. Not colorblind. No. Maybe you don't see faces or people. Yep, that's it. Oh, okay. you... Inability to recognize faces. Yeah, dude, that, that was neuro back like last year. <laughs> You ever, you guys, I was gonna say, if you ever meet someone who's actually like that, it's really weird. What have you? Uh, I knew of someone who, like, so someone told me about the conversation they had with them, and they're just like, they were just showing pictures of people, and he's like, I don't know who the person is. Crazy. Like, it's just really weird. You're like, oh wait, you actually can't recognize a face. Hmm. Well, have you guys? So this, have you guys ever seen Black Mirror? Like, yes, one episode. One episode. Yeah. The first one? The doc, the guy, the guy who put the headgear on so he can relate to his patients. He was, to be able to figure out what they had, he wanted hmm. to be able to feel what they had, and he had some kind of headgear that connected him to his patients. Okay. You remember that one? Uh, no. I think I do. Um, so I'm thinking of the episode, coincidentally, it's called White Christmas, and uh, it's like this guy who's, he's like a detective, and he basically takes a copy of a person's like brain and then he's like letting it like run as an ai on a device so it's like running it faster than real time but then he'll like interview the ai to try and 
uncover like their secrets and like get them to confess to a crime yeah because they've basically legalized if we can get their consciousness to like confess to the crime then we can arrest the actual person and then i don't remember what exactly happens but then at the end you know everybody's got these chips in their brain and because he like he was basically like breaking the law to break into these people's brains or something <laughs> so it, it turned out that what he was doing was like illegal messed up <laughs> but then at the end they like rewire his chip in his brain so that every time he looks at someone it's just like a pixelated face so he literally can't see or talk to anyone he can't see their face and he can't hear anything that they say so every single person just looks like um just a mass of like pixelated blurry vision Whoa. it's like a really scary concept that like somebody could do that to you that's like everyone who looks at him just sees a pixelated person too so like he's basically just invisible it's like the world complete isolation yeah that's scary it's like and me it, without my like, glasses <laughs> <laughs> true pixelated that, like there's people out there who <laughs> can't actually see like 480p kind of quality <laughs> Walking around in 144p. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next word. Paresthesia. Paresthesia? Is that just like, like paralysis? Needles. Pins and needle sensation. Yeah. Okay, good job. <laughs> um, actually, my hand fell that. asleep. Maybe you can... I don't know if there's a more specific term for this, but my my entire arm fell asleep once oh yeah and it was because i was in my dad's basement playing video games but like the computer desk was raised like a foot from where it normally was because uh-huh. it was on rollers so my hands were at shoulder height and then my hand that was using the mouse didn't move for like an hour so <laughs> i like the game ended and i went to like move my right arm and i couldn't like lift it and i was like what the heck? And I reached over, grabbed my wrist, lifted it up, and then let go of my hands, dropped <laughs> down. And then I like pulled it off the desk and put it into my lap. And I was like trying to warm it up. So, because my basement was also cold. <laughs> and I was like, what is this sensation? Something my, my friend taught me in college is that if your foot falls asleep, just hit it on something really hard. Uh huh. Kind of gets through the process faster. <laughs> I haven't really. Well, aren't you just creating blood flow? I, I, I don't know you're creating pain nerve sensation well when you want to wake wait wake up your foot quote unquote it could be i don't know if it's that or you're blocking you're pinching the nerves up i don't think it speeds anything up i don't i, I think it's just <laughs> it just causes your brain to recognize that there's a i don't know there. what it does but it i've done it a few times it hurts so you have any idea that. why my arm my entire arm like we well, just cut circulation off because it was like raised up yeah it's really not even cutting circulation it's like pinching a nerve because like i I had the same similar situation where I was like laying on my couch weird and playing like Spider-Man and then like my hand just started falling asleep and I was like I'm gonna see how long I can go playing this game and eventually I just couldn't move my thumb and I died and I was like okay yeah there's actually a a nerve palsy I forget what it's called it's like Saturday night or Friday night palsy basically the idea is if you're drunk you kind of fall asleep in your armchair and your arms hanging over the edge and it cuts it either pinches your your nerves or blocks off blood flow but anyways it's like a common enough presentation to have a its own name it's like hmm. saturday night or friday night palsy that's funny i've had that not because i was drunk but like i'll lean over a chair and cut off circulation in my hand and be like <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i think it was a combination for me of like a raised arm so blood wasn't getting up there it was cold so my heart cut off circulation and you were focused <clears throat> and probably a bit of like a pinched nerve or something I'm glad but, to see that you still have your arm. Yeah, I was like, I have to cut this thing off. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a limp arm now. All right. Um, I've cut off arms before. No, you haven't. <laughs> Shut <Yeah>. up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, dead body arms. All right, here's one. Gasi Pibama. Am I saying that right? Gasi? Something to do with the tongue, maybe. Or ma- or words. Or is Tongue-tied. Gasipamuba. <laughs> the second one. Gasipamuba. Can can you spell it the first bit? G O S S Y. Gasi. P I B O M A. It's cancer of the tongue. No. Something to do. 
I say, I don't know, words, tongue. Nothing to do with the tongue, actually. Is it cancer? Nope. <laughs> Gossy. No, no. Hit me up. It is an object accidentally left inside of a patient after surgery. <laughs> oh. Okay. You know, they go through a lot of precautions to avoid that. It has happened many times in the past. It still happens. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of precautions, but... Yeah. You just never know. Definitely haven't ha- heard that word used, though. <laughs> really? No. Not high yield. <laughs> Not on the test. Um... That's another thing med students say all the time. If it's not on the test, I don't want to know it. <laughs> Ooh, this is a good one. Brooksism. Got in your teeth. Twitching, yeah. oh, I thought you were twitching your lips. Like, Brooksism. <laughs> Grinding your teeth. <clears throat> and grinding. actually, this makes sense for... Uh, I just started The Witcher Season 2, and there's a character called a Brooksa, mm-hmm. which is like this like banshee vampire girl. <laughs> and uh, it makes sense that teeth grinding because she she like does echolocation and she's got like five rows no well four or five or six rows of teeth yeah usually happens at night so i think i actually did that last week and my jaw has been hurt since last monday <laughs> were you stressed out about something uh no are you working out your jawline to be as strong as yours <laughs> <laughs> haven't heard that before <laughs> andrew has a impeccable jawline <laughs> so and just so our listeners can know it's like 10 percent of my body weighs in my jaw muscles <laughs> i chew a lot of gum you do no <laughs> i think it's just genetics <laughs> if i had to guess I'm, i got a box face <laughs> okay here's, here's another one abdor abdor Midian. what spell please obd orm I T I O N. Abdormidian? I feel like I've heard this before. Or is it Abdormitian? I don't know. Enlighten me. It's actually the same thing as uh, paresthesia. Oh, really? It's when a limb falls asleep. Interesting. <laughs> All right. Jokes on you guys. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, Man, you guys do not know anything. <laughs> Your content is stale. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should drop out. Where did I go to my school? We were doing a lot better earlier. <laughs> um, here. Sphenopalatine ganglion neuralgia. Ganglion. Ganglion. <laughs> Ganglions, a collection of nerve bodies. Right. Sphenopalatine ganglion is a specific ganglion in your face. <laughs> This is like jaw pain. No. Oh. <laughs> we did this one earlier, actually. You told me to pretend like I didn't know. <laughs> well, that was such a dumb question. I'm not. That's what I said the first time. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so. You said, Mike, this. act dumb, and then I do, and you say, you're dumb. <laughs> I couldn't tell that you were acting. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's brain freeze. It is a brain freeze. Correct. <laughs> You guys are so mean. <laughs> I wasn't. That was my plan. <laughs> he did set you up. That was pretty hard. stupid in front of all these people. <laughs> yeah. That's brain freeze. That's a weird name for brain freeze. Though. All right. Sternitate. Ooh. Is that like rubbing someone's sternum? <laughs> Is it a burp? Does it <clears throat> have anything to do with the sternum? No. Okay. Sternitate. Uh, turn your back on somebody. <laughs> Are you oddly specific? <laughs> Port no. to stern. Being stern to someone. Mm, what what is, wait, can you give me a hint sternitate? here? I cannot. Are these like French terms? <laughs> something to do with breathing, I guess. Taking a deep breath. Blowing out the candles. That's not a medical <laughs> term. I, medical I term. give up. Uh, it is to sneeze. Uh, so that's kind of the sternum. <laughs> you sneeze from your sternum? It's just breathing. Yeah. Not Jeez. high yield. Move on. Um, Morsicato Bucarum. What? <laughs> what? Bucarum? Bucarum. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Buka. Yes. And what's the first part? Morsicato. Morsicato. Like 
Yeah, like Morse Ikado. Morse code. Is it to speak or is it to bite your cheek? Oh. It is the second one. Bite your nice. cheek. Nice. Nice, Mike. Um, I'm just using... I'm, I'm taking your context, please. <laughs> I know all these, like, anatomical terms. I just haven't <laughs> had to use them forever. Oh. So, do you feel like... I mean, that's pretty much the good ones on this list. But do you feel like doctors, like, do they ask nurses' opinion when you're with them? Or, like... No. Like, do you feel like... <laughs> they should. I feel like you could <laughs> assist doctors in, like, coming... I mean, you're not really going through words and quizzing each other. It depends on the situation. Um, But typically, typically I just go, here's everything I know in a really succinct amount of, (laughs) like in a succinct sentence. And then they walk in and ask the patient all the same questions I had just asked the patient because they didn't listen to what I told them. And I'm like, okay. (laughs) Yeah. I, I really like talking to the nurses when I'm going to see a patient and I haven't seen them that day. I'll ask the nurse if I can find them <laughs> what happened that night or how's the patient doing. They also, a lot of them like to be updated on what's going on just because they want to have some idea of what they're doing Yeah, <laughs> and like what's going on with the patient because they know what they're doing, but they want to know what the whole picture is. Um, and so it's, it only makes sense to me to be able to talk to your nurse and have them also understand what you're thinking. Yeah. When I worked on the floor, it was a little different story because yeah, you would go 12 hours throughout the night as the nurse you kind of had this huge story and then you'd be able to tell that to the doctor that came on in the morning versus like i just do patient tests so i'm like they didn't have chest pain before and now they do and then they are like all right we'll go in the room yeah <laughs> um i just heard this crepitus <laughs> i did too <laughs> mike's ankles <laughs> you're crepitating <laughs> I forgot what this was. <laughs> oh, dry skin. No. <laughs> oh, your ankles are you just did it. making the sound of dry skin. That's what your ankles just did. Cracking? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Cracking your joints. Yeah. And then here's the last one we'll do. Bradykinesia. <laughs> moving slow. Slowly moving. <laughs> really? What gave it away? Brady. Uh, Brady and kinesia. <laughs> Why? Brady means slow? Yep. Yeah. Why? Tom Brady's not slow. I know. He's so fast. Should be. <laughs> he should be Tom, like, what, Tom why, Tacky. Why, <laughs> why Brady? Brady means slow in the medical terms. Some Latin. Brady named after someone or? No. Bradycardia means you have a slow heart rate. Hmm. It's a root. And then, yeah, kinesia is just movement. Like, yeah. So I loved taking medical terminology at um, the community college in Illinois called ICC. <laughs> and um, you tell more. It was like. It was just super easy, but like it was just fun to like figure out how we're like how to construct words because you'd be given like word parts that mean different things and you'd like build words and stuff. Yeah. It was also the most annoying class I've ever taken because it was just like kind of anyone could take that. It was really like intro class for nursing. Actually, it was optional. You didn't even have to take it to do nursing school. But like people would in that class would the the professor would be like, "All right, so like this means the sky is blue and then like someone raises their hand to be like so are you saying the sky is blue or green like no (laughs) and we go on like that for like 10 minutes i'm like man this is a slow moving class you gotta learn on the job there's so many times you really haven't said a word out loud yet but then the moment comes where you have to and it's in front of maybe an attending or a resident and you're like oh shoot i've only said this word in my mind like some medical word. <laughs> you got to say it out loud and rip the band-aid off. And then you never forget it. How do you say metoprolol? Metoprolol. Okay. Not metaprolol. <laughs> I definitely used to say metoprolol. I can't even say it that way anymore. <laughs> How do you say syncope? Syncope. No, syncope. Like, okay. What's the other one? That means fainting. Yeah. Uh, what's the other one everyone says a, wrong? My, my dear roommate in the first years of med school bless his heart he's just, he's a little uh dyslexic but he's brilliant <laughs> but he, <laughs> i would hear him try to say things in the other room <laughs> it was so funny uh, one of the things he always says though wrong is i can't even okay i always think about it. the acetabulum is like the hip socket and he says it causes the asymptabulum or <laughs> asymptabulum, asymptabulum. <laughs> uh, so every time i hear that word i think of him so shout out to dan Hey, Dan. 
Um, so you had sent me this list of medical quotes, and there's a couple that I like. Um, <clears throat> actually, one specifically because it relates to my career. <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> I guess this is a quote from a med student. And it's it's annoying when engineering students call themselves engineers. You never hear medical students call themselves doctors or art students calling themselves unemployed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and it's true. Like, engineering students do, like, say, like, I'm an engineer, like, freshman year. Yeah. You know. You guys hit the ground running, though. I mean, you're out there. I've seen your guys' homework. You're out there solving problems. Yeah, you could definitely do more early with a engineering yeah. degree than you can with just studying chemicals so yeah. medicine i'm sorry oh sorry i was just gonna say you start from like ground zero with medical stuff it's like here's how the body works <laughs> yeah and you can't do much with that in nursing until a lot later yeah it's a new language but i mean math is <laughs> surprisingly a new language for a lot of people when they hit college <laughs> yeah but I think I see what you're saying, but you guys are out there doing internships during your college years. Like you're getting in the field, right? Whereas I feel like medicine is the learning curve. Not that engineering is easier. It's just that the way you guys get into it, it seems pretty smooth in my mind. Whereas medicine, it's a series of like steps and you really can't, <laughs> you have to be on that step. You can't be anywhere else until you get to the next one. That's true. Yeah. I mean, engineering is definitely still a steep learning curve. Yeah. But, um, Maybe it's just not the way as the, gradual as that's cool. That might be the way of looking at it. Um, I think you're just you're just asked to do a lot more, and like we talked about earlier, like being liable for someone's life is a lot more requires a lot more training and like navigation than figuring out how to turn on your phone. <laughs> <laughs> but what if you need to call nine one one or or it's like call. I have phone problems. And it's like did you try turning it off <laughs> and on again? <laughs> so, oh that worked <laughs> did you ever feel like some of your classes or clinicals was kind of like acting <laughs> how so as in like okay i'll just explain my side of it for um uh oh dang it now i don't remember the name <laughs> like not clinicals it was like uh we oh, would like, like practice the assessments of patients and yeah, stuff. Yeah, like a encounter, patient encounter. Yeah. Yeah, we had a lot of those. And so like everyone had such a hard time with those in, in oh, my yeah. nursing school. And it was like, I mean, I was like, why? It's just like you're just memorizing a script. Like, how's your eyes? How's your ears? How's your nose? How's your mouth? How's your... <laughs> like, and it was just like, to me, it was like acting class. And I would just like study the script and then like go in and do it, like memorize it, say it, and then I'd get an A. And like some people are like, I can't, I don't know what to do. <laughs> like, I don't know what to ask next. I don't know what like thing to do. Yeah. It's really interesting. Like how people, to me, it was interesting how people struggled with that. And I was like, well, you're, I'm not a few then. <laughs> I know. I, I was just like, I just felt like I had a different perspective on it. Like I was like, it's just like memorizing a script and then going and saying it to that patient. Well, let me tell you. A lot of stressful times with those patient encounters and a lot of interesting feedback from them. Well, real patients is a lot harder, but we would oh. do this on other students. So they would just stand there and do nothing. <laughs> Can I tell you guys some stories? Yes, so, please. I was on a rotation and a patient saw me on my phone and granted, I, I'm a med student. I'm always looking stuff up and learning. Like I was looking up something medical related, but I think that spoiled her opinion of me. So I interviewed her and um, I interviewed the patient about their chief complaint and we found out what it was and then we set up for surgery and when she came in for a surgery she was telling the nurse all about me <laughs> she said that kid he doesn't know what he's doing he has a word diary or mouth diarrhea he he was fumbling with his pen he's so clueless i don't want him near me in the surgery <laughs> oh no so get this i'm on my phone in the or looking up how to do some sutures and the nurse thank goodness comes in before the patient and like tells me like Hey, this lady doesn't like you. <laughs> so I put it away real quick. But anyways, like, I don't know. <laughs> don't be on your phone. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't look professional. I, I was so nice to her and I thought we had a good time. I also had during the standardized patients, what we call them, those patient encounters, fake patients. I had someone tell me I was a robotic with little to no empathy. <laughs> so. Hmm. I mean, I've learned 
even in my field, like the people who get promoted and get put in the positions like where they make the most money are the people who can just keep talking and like essentially act the best and put on make people happy and like put on a good show and relay things in a way that is understandable and makes people still feel good about bad progress (laughs) (laughs) and so like it's true in every field where like the just being able to relate to people better helps you advance yeah. in your career. What's your like favorite like age group for patients? Do you like <laughs> do you like pediatrics or do you like geriatrics or do you just uh, like I don't like age people? <laughs> age people. I don't know, like not older, not super old people and not not young people. Cuz not what people? Not young. Like pediatric age, I don't really like dealing with that. I like dealing with people I can talk to and they can understand me and I can understand them. But you like dealing with bodies that aren't going to change for another 20 years. Maybe that might be one of the reasons, but I don't know. I just, I, I, I mean, I see old people a lot and I talk to them. I like them, but I don't, wouldn't want to go into a field that's specifically for older people like geriatrics. Okay. But every aspect or every, almost every field except, you know, pediatrics are ones that are like specifically targeted at younger populations. You're going to have old people come in. So, right. I just like, I hate talking to certain like like teenagers where they're like <laughs> looking at their phone yes, while you're dude. trying to explain a te- cardiac test to them I'm like come on <laughs> i when i was rotating family med i gave a lot of shots and did some like physical exams and they'd be on their phone when i'm talking to them or when i'm giving them a shot <laughs> i'm like okay <laughs> can't you put up a sign like no phones in this room i mean i mean eventually when they like are getting on the treadmill but it's like when i'm just attaching wires to them i don't like take their belongings away do people pop in some headphones when they're on the treadmill just to be able like no real hard do not let them do that (laughs) (laughs) oh we were just talking about this the other day it's funny we're like sometimes we get people who can't speak english so we have to use an interpreter but like since we're doing like a physical activity it's super hard (laughs) to like like we have to tell them to do something right away and it's like then we have to say it and then the interpreter's got to say it and it's like and then the patient kind of understands what to do and it's like oh crap it's just like it puts a big delay on things and so someone was like oh man i can't believe like it's so hard to like do that test with an interpreter and i was like it's hard enough explaining that to english speaking people (laughs) like (laughs) half the time they don't get it either (laughs) like we're just telling them what to do and they're like what (laughs) go on the treadmill if your heart starts hurting stop (laughs) yeah go to cath when you're done lay down and then they're done they're like what do i do (laughs) Did we ask you already what you think you're going to end up in after no. what you're going to do your residency in? Um, I think like that'd be a good way to close out. Whatever you say is what you have to choose. Ooh. Yeah, everyone on this podcast is expecting so, to so, now hire you as their whatever doctor in five years. I'm still thinking about that. This, I, I'm more, I know what I like, you know, little bits and pieces of different specialties, but I can't put that together to into one especially yet. Still working on it. I can tell you what I don't want to do. Do you feel like the past six months has helped you a little I, bit? Honestly, the past six months have been a lot of questioning if I even like medicine. <laughs> but but that's because I was I was getting lost in the the uh, work life experience of medicine. You know, uh-huh. like I you know being a student, you just your schedule is really your own, and you study and you get to learn stuff. But being in the hospital, you're basically working, and working involves a lot of boring stuff. <laughs> so red tape (laughs) so i know i still like medicine but i'm not sure i know i don't want to do anything like surgery like hardcore surgery specialties or pediatrics but i'm still open chiropractic that's not a medical specialty (laughs) should you go to a chiropractor uh (laughs) interesting question some people say yes some people say no if it makes you feel good and it doesn't hurt you in the long run, then sure. It's for you. <laughs> if, so, if you're looking to get everything from the chiropractor, then maybe you're looking in the wrong place. But if you're looking to get some joint alignment, uh, pain specifically from malaligned joints, then yeah, that's the way to go. Personally, I think chiropractor... I don't know. How would you say it? Like chiropractor adjustments are like pretty good preventative care. And, like, doctors are generally more 
like post. <laughs> See, that's what we're trying care. to move away from. That's what the new we, generation of doctors are trying to move away from the preventative and be more. Yeah, like even or sorry, <clears throat> be more preventative and less. There's been a reactive. lot of articles, and it's like the U.S. has a great sick care system, and it's exactly. terribly. It's like terrible healthcare. Yeah, because we shouldn't call it healthcare. We should call it sick care because yeah, we don't care for healthy people. We care for sick people, and we make money off of sick people. We do, but. People keep getting sick. <laughs> I know it's kind of weird. Like, I don't want people to be sick, but also, <laughs> like, oh, I need well, a job. We live in a corrupt world. And <laughs> like, what would I be able to do if people stop getting sick? And I'm a doctor. What, what can I transition to? <laughs> That's kind of why I like my job, though. I feel more passionately about it because it is more preventative care. Because we're when people are having like chest pain, we're able to be like, well, let's see why, and then we have them do a stress test to see if they have an actual like coronary problem or if uh like it's just from musculoskeletal or anxiety or something um however most of our patients have like a deep heart history already anyway so they but it feels nice to be like all right we found something like before it happened and now we can do something about it versus like oh no this has already happened to this patient now we just need to help them not die <laughs> mm -hmm. however people then blame us and they're like you gave me a heart attack it's like no we gave you medicine that like showed us that you weren't getting blood to your heart and it caused you pain now we know why i didn't cause your heart attack <laughs> you were, you already had a bad heart <laughs> yeah i haven't seen anyone die yet but well actually i have but not not in the not in this country actually not in your practice no yeah, we never did get to your overseas travels. It's fine. So I guess you'll have to come on again, Andrew. Maybe. Episode Our biggest two. fan is coming back. <laughs> I am the biggest fan, actually. Are you still a fan after being with us for an I'm hour? Fun. I don't, know, we'll I don't think you're nervous at all anymore. Not anymore. It's like... <laughs> There's so much to talk about, though, you know? Yeah. So many more things. Well, you'll have to come on again sometime. Um, but I think we'll go ahead and close out this episode. Um... Thanks, everybody, for listening. You can always reach out to our email, onestreetover22 at gmail.com. It'll be in the description. And if you want to hear more about Andrew's medical history, <laughs> my medical history, <laughs> send us or send him an email. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm not giving out my school email. <laughs> uh, yeah. So. It'll probably be after Christmas that this comes out. So hope you guys all had a good Christmas and we'll probably see you next year. Stay healthy.